0: Hello everybody and welcome to the MonsterCast. I am your host Jack Dahl Jr. I'm joined here again by my brother Ryan Dahl and we've got a nice quick show for you today. Uh, Let's go ahead and just start with the NXT versus AEW ratings. NXT loses again. Both were up this week from last week um, but NXT still loses 928,000 to 770,000 viewers and AEW is now 13-3-1 against NXT.
1: Yeah, it's uh pretty crazy actually how dominant they've been in that. I expected when this all started that it would be a lot more neck and neck, but man, it, it really hasn't even been close except for weird holiday shit, and it's uh kind of crazy.
0: Um, let's see. Um, other than that, I think. Oh, and uh, SmackDown beat Raw in the ratings, even though SmackDown is a way worse show. I mean, I get that it's on Fox or whatever. They won like $2.4 million to $2.3 million this week. Um, hmm. So the flagship show overall on USA Network is losing to SmackDown, um, even even though Raw is finally a better show than SmackDown. So that makes no sense. And I guess we can attribute some of that to Paul Heyman, although I still don't know how much um, influence he really has as far as the final script of the shows. But yeah. apparently it's something, you know, because the, the guys that he likes are in prime positions on the show. So, it's been reported that he liked Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy and um, Andrade, and they're three guys that are featured every week in high positions on the card. So, there must be some kind of truth to him having some kind of control at um, or in backstage segments and shit on Raw. As far as what what are they called? The, the president of Raw and president of SmackDown, like the weird things him and Bruce Pritchard are? I can't remember. I can't remember their actual title. Yeah,
1: I can't yeah. either. Um, uh, or
0: VPs or executive VPs. I don't know what the fuck it is. Uh, no, they wouldn't have done that. They yeah, that would, that <laughs> would have been funny though. <laughs> it would have. Um. Okay, so you watched AEW and NXT. Yeah. And did you think AEW was a better show overall? Yes, of course.
1: And even even if you thought it was close, the last segment alone is it just it's not. It's not debatable. Um. The other thing is too. I liked. I like the I mean we kinda guessed already that it was gonna be Velveteen Dream, um, doing the return or whatever with the three circles, but did you feel like that took too long? Yes,
0: but I feel like it took too long because they didn't want people to I mean, it's not like the fans were chatting Velveteen, Velveteen, like it wasn't like the fans ruined the moment, kinda like WWE fans do a lot. You know, where they already know who's gonna come out or they have a good idea. Yeah. And I feel like those fans definitely knew it was Velveteen and not Ember Moon, obviously, who's still out with a serious injury but um yeah it took long but could it also have been the fact that we don't know where the fuck he came from was he under the ring yeah i don't know where. He was if he from, was under but... the ring then he doesn't really know maybe the comms weren't working whoever the fuck was supposed to be communicating to him under the ring or whatever um i don't know who, who knows what could happen but i thought it was pretty cool how he appeared out of nowhere on the Top of the turnbuckle, and like even then, the fans didn't really give it away because the lights had gone out or whatever. Spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I liked how they did it, but yeah, it took a little bit.
1: Yeah. I don't know. The whole segment felt like even before he came out, I thought the segment was going on a little bit long. It was no,
0: it was no Edge Randy Orton, but yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah.
1: (laughs) For sure, that that dragged on fucking forever. That the whole the Edge Randy Orton thing was weird to me because like the whole spot where he puts it on puts it on him and then goes up to the top. Like he's going to jump down on it and then doesn't. There was no point in having that in there. You could have cut that whole part and then just gone straight to what he was eventually going to do with the concerto thing and then been done with it.
0: Or, so. or you could have done the concerto first and then done the spot with the chair and then had somebody come out and save Edge.
1: Yeah. Before he did it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could at least yeah to set up an interim feud for Randy before the build to you yeah, know. Yeah. Because we Somalia. know we
0: already know Edge isn't going to be on every show. Plus, you just wrote him off of TV, so he doesn't have to be on every show. So. Right. I'm sure. That, I'm sure the next time we see him, he'll be in a neck brace on a fucking via satellite segment,
1: or coming down on a rascal. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Okay. So new beginning. Uh, I'm gonna go over that right quick. Um. Moxley. Hey, yeah.
1: What's wait. Wait. Don't. I haven't seen it. So you don't That's want me to fair. say anything? I mean, I know we have to for the show, but I, I, I already know. I already know who won the Moxley match. I guess. So, okay. Yeah.
0: Then did you already know who won the Kinsa match?
1: No, I haven't seen any of it. Okay. I, the Moxley thing got spoiled for me on Twitter, and everything else I haven't seen. You know what, You can go over it. I'll, I'll watch it. No, I'm
0: a, I mean, I'm only going to go over those two matches, though. That was, like, the only thing that of relevance that happened, as far okay. as I'm concerned. So, yeah, Moxley beat Suzuki, but mm. it was attacked by Zack Sabre Jr. after the match, so I assume that he's going to fight him at some point, which is your favorite wrestler, so mm. um, I don't know who you're going to go for in that one. And then yeah. Kenta lost to Naito, but you already knew that was going to happen. Yeah, not gonna sure. let N- Okay, sorry. but anyway, after the match, um, in a after the match, after Naito retained both titles, um, he challenged Hiromu Takahashi. Oh, yeah, because Interesting. what Interesting. typically takes place is the IWGP champion fights the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. But mm. what makes this weird is that they are both in the same stable, obviously.
1: Right.
0: And uh, Hiromu came out and accepted it.
1: So first there, ever triple champion.
0: So they're going to fight for the title. Well, the, the title's not on the line, but <laughs> it um, it's never it never has been. and It, no. I, it will not be this time either. Um, Hero- but
1: but yeah. I imagine Hiromu is the first ever triple champion <laughs> yeah, just after that comeback. Just one-up. That'd be, just one up that'd be fucking amazing.
0: Just one-up Naito one more time. Yeah. Fuck it.
1: Like you, you worked so hard to get this double title reign and Yoink. three titles. Fuck you.
0: Um, but anyway, I had a couple of thoughts on AEW Dark, by the way, that I would like to go over. Um, okay. I loved the Brandy Therapy Session video.
1: Well, they had to – okay, so apparently Awesome Kong is going to go film Glow. Yeah,
0: yeah, I get that.
1: So they had to end this whole Nightmare Collective thing.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing. Let me get into it because both of my parts are connected, and you already kind of ruined one. Loved the the therapy session video. Using the real-life social media bullies in the storyline was really good. Um, I always feel like she gets a bad rap from fans. You can clearly see how hard she's working and is already better than a lot of WWE women superstars that nobody fucking bashes. You know what sure. I'm saying? So I don't get that. Um, really do not like the crumbling of the Nightmare Collective already with getting Kong off a TV for the final season of GLOW. They could have found out a better way to get Kong off the TV. I feel like yeah. they uh, could have had Nyla or even Asia Kong come in and do a spot to keep that little hint of a storyline going to put her away so she could come back into the group. Turning turning on the muscle already didn't make much sense unless they're just planning on getting rid of the group as a whole already and then just making it a Luther-Mel thing from here on out, which with the Brandy thing and then what she did when she came out to encourage Cody to get back up for his last slash or last two lashes or whatever it was. I think it was one more. Last one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that kind of made sense, but to for it to be where it was and then you're not even really understanding what it is yet because it's still in the really the fucking middle of the storyline to just saying, okay, it's over. Or at least parts of like a big part of it is over, doesn't make too much sense to me.
1: They, I feel like they kind of got backed into a corner with and had to do what they could with, with Kong like pretty much having to go. So it's, I get it. It sucks, but you know sometimes shit gets cut short, and it's nice that they actually ended it instead of just pretending it never happened, which you get a lot in WWE. Yeah, certain I other organizations. I get that, but here's
0: the thing. Like, okay, I know I know Nyla's not face, alright, And I get that, but she's the only one that would make sense for um, Kong to be out for a significant amount of time because one, she's already done it with with other people, right? Mm-hmm. And two, that's what she's known for. She's just fucking off the hinges type character. Oh, or Baker. Yeah, <laughs> to do it to Kong. Hell yeah! Pull out
1: all her teeth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but but Britt is already... I don't know. Britt's yeah, heel. That doesn't make any sense.
1: Okay. Well, so is Nyla.
0: Yeah, but Nyla's, like, more on the fence than anything. It's not like she's coming straight out and saying she's, she's fucking bad. She's
1: on the fence? You didn't see her fucking attack Riho from behind? Yeah, so what? She's not on the fence about being a heel.
0: She's always had a thing with Riho. Riho beat her for the title. Like, I'll attack Riho, too, if I saw her. But listen, you here's the thing.
1: Say, Teaming up with Pac makes you on the fence? That man is a bastard.
0: Anyway, so Riho... Re- I mean, Riho. Uh, Nyla... Could have easily just been – okay, they could have done this thing with like, Luther and Mel and Kong went out of their way to, like, without Brandy because Brandy had already had the segment earlier on, right, with the mm-hmm. therapy session. Well, later on in the show was when the breakup happened between Kong and Mel and Luther. So what you could have done instead is had Nyla in a match instead and then had those three come out and try to convince her a la uh, Chris Statlander to be in the group because – Nyla being in the group would kind of make sense, right? But Nyla says, no, I'm a fucking loner. They try to take out Nyla, and Nyla fucking destroys Kong, and then you write her off TV.
1: Or just have Statlander injure her.
0: Yeah, Statlander injuring her would have been cool too, I guess. Um,
1: Like they – all you had to do was book it at least – because they had to know for a while that she was going to go tape, right? Yeah, everybody knew. So you give it – they already did the thing where they were trying to recruit her, so you have a thing where – they attack her backstage one week, and then the next week she sneak attacks fucking Kong backstage and injures her to get her out of the way to like make things safer for herself. And then you can continue the, the whole thing without having Kong around anymore. But now Chris has the upper hand because all they have is Mel and Luther. Yeah,
0: well, and, and what I liked about it – what I, everything that I liked about the therapy session just turned around, and it was like everything I didn't like about the last segment. Like So you mm. went from a slow burn build and then literally like two segments later – the The storyline you pretty much is already over, and you already know where it's going. You know, like I didn't like that at all. Mm. Felt way too rushed after. Well, obviously, way too rushed after the therapy session. We don't know how much. The therapy session was so good, though. Like I'm like, why didn't you do that a week ago? I mean, because like you said, they're doing long term storylines, right? And they already knew. They already knew. Awesome Kong was gonna go film this last season of Glow.
1: Well, we don't know how long that knew.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I'm i not buying that, but mm. it's whatever. I mean, it's not a huge thing because I was not like a huge invest, hugely invested yeah, into I the neglected. But I'm it. just saying like it could have made a lot more sense and you could have boasted up somebody else like Nyla or Chris Atlander in your case with the Earth with Theory or whatever. But those are really the only two that could have taken out Kong short of Asia Kong, who we don't even know what their uh relationship is with her at the moment because she only had that one – little thing at uh fighter F- i mean fighter fest fight uh, for the fallen
1: i will tell you right now that yuka sakazaki could have fucking beaten up kong
0: anyway <laughs> dude yuka i love Saka her got, i do i like her too but she's gonna win her
1: match against Britt baker so yeah she did she won that yes that's why Britt got so mad at the end she yeah she uh brit had to oh had yeah she did win the mandible yeah, thing yeah, i was, I was surprised
0: yeah i was surprised and then she uh, knocked her tooth out or whatever yeah. yeah that was cool i don't know if her tooth was already out and that was a fake it's a fake too yeah seriously it was badass though it looked cool on tv yeah. um okay so on raw the uh, only significant thing that really happened was ricochet won a triple threat match and he will now die at the hands of Brock lesnar <laughs> <In Saudi Arabia.
1: laughs> for the
0: universal title saudi arabia they will not have to pay, pay for his plane ticket on the way back because he will be deceased um And then on SmackDown, the only notable thing was Goldberg challenged The Fiend Bray Wyatt, and Wyatt accepted to fight in Saudi Arabia. Um, Also, I had a few back-and-forth things with Goldberg haters online, and I'm not a big Goldberg fan either. I honestly think he's a dick, but to hate someone, to hate on someone who is willing to go to Saudi Arabia for the money, for the company, when you have so many other people that will not. You cannot have, then, the talent that will not go complain about other talent that will go getting paid a large sum of money. Also, you can't have fans hate on somebody because the motherfucker still draws, and it's proven that he still draws. It's the same concept that we had with Brock Lesnar. It makes no sense. I can hate that he's a part-time champion, but I'm not going to hate on the guy for having a contract with WWE. It's just, that's stupid. I'm not going to no, hate I... on somebody if make money. And you knew, of course, you had people like that. And, of course, I got into Twitter battles with said people. Um, and, oh, I love this one guy. I don't know if you went through the conversation or not, but this one guy, he said some shit about, um, yeah, he can't wrestle anymore. He never really could wrestle. Um, his last match was one of the worst matches ever. And I was like, okay, well, it was 100-degree weather in Saudi Arabia with another 50-plus right. age performer – and he had a concussion. Now I'm, And, I'm and he hadn't a,
1: wrestled in how long yeah, until and that? I, yeah.
0: And those two have never fought before. That was the whole book. It right. was like they've never fought. So, of course, they had no chemistry whatsoever. So I am not a Goldberg apologist by any means. But with all that against your theory, what part of you thought that was going to be a goddamn five-star classic?
1: Right. We just wanted two big men pumping meat.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not it's, – first of all, it's not their fault that WWE put them on last. Okay? They should have been – they definitely shouldn't have been the main event, if anything. Yeah. And and they went over ten minutes in that heat with those two guys. Are you crazy? They definitely shouldn't have had a ten-minute match. (laughs) That should have been like a Goldberg-Brock Lesnar thing when Goldberg came back and had his little program with Lesnar. That was fucking amazing. Like, that caught everybody off guard. It made sense. It made them both look good. It was fucking insane. Like – don't act like Goldberg is that far removed from a compelling storyline that you were invested in. When I heard the pop when that happened, and I know how I felt when it happened, I was like, "What the fuck are we watching right now?" It was insane. So don't act like Goldberg has no star power whatsoever. Like, Dude, you know what I'm saying? Like these I people are wish so it was stupid. Big. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I wish it was Big E. I wish he'd come back to fucking challenge Big E. Yeah,
0: I mean, I get that for Big E too, because you know Big E really would like that too. But I don't know how they would ever set that up for it to make sense. Story I don't wise. even care. I don't yeah, even care. oh, that's true too. <laughs> i like, yeah, hey man, right. I'll go over to the side and be like, hey man, can you can you do one house show match right. with Big E? Let's just give it to Big E. Fuck it, let Big E have his moment. We'll pay yeah. you a million dollars just to have this one match with Big E. Uh, he won't Fuck. leave us. He won't leave us oh, alone about it in the back. I don't
1: know what. <laughs> Kofi and Xavier need to just pull him aside and pay him a million dollars. Don't even let WWE do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I mean if Goldberg goes to WWE and says, hey, I want to fight Goldberg. I promise you, he's, they're gonna let him.
1: Mm. So it's whatever.
0: Anyway, um, that's all I really had for the. Main shows that I watch. Anything you want to talk about?
1: I mean, it'll come up later too because I'm sure we'll talk about it. But the um the strap segment, the 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 lashes segment. Yeah, yeah, the lashes segment. Yeah, that was way better than I thought it would be when it, when we when they first announced it. I was just kind of like, ah, like he's gonna go out there. He's gonna. Be super cool, take his 10 lashes and act tough and act like it's hard and then whatever. But the way they did it with, like, the different people coming out and, like, the slow burn to it and then yeah. fucking Wardlow getting him one to set up the, the cage match a little bit better and then even the last hit fucking...
0: Yeah, the too- last hit. But I, I actually didn't like the last hit. Out of everything that happened, I didn't like the last hit where he just hit him in the front instead. I didn't like that. It was kind of, like, too quick. It was almost, I get it because it was like MJF fucking gave up because he knew he was going to take that last hit and he was going to get up because he already got up from everything else. So I guess that's why he did it. it I mean, it's like kayfabe-wise. I mean, you know, like he just well, said, "Fuck it, I'ma hit you." I mean, I'm done. We're gonna be fighting, so I can't do nothing about it. Type deal.
1: That and also, it seemed to me like he deliberately hit him in his dream tattoo. So I don't know how much you want to read into that, yeah, but.
0: I mean, I mean, the Wardlow shot was insane.
1: Dude,
0: it was insane.
1: That was like. That's like getting spanked by your mom and then your dad fucking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, like you keep getting up and it's not, it's not having the effect yeah. that she wants it to have. So she gives it to dad and like, and you go down with one hit and you're done. But fucking, um, the other thing is that I, I don't think they knew how much the marks were or how fast the marks were going to show up. So I think that had something to do with it because by the end of it, they really wanted you to fucking see his marks. Yeah. So I think, I mean, they knew the marks would show up. I mean, if they were gonna last that long, but they just didn't know how long. Also, didn't like this motherfucker was supposed to be hit him in the back. Hit the, like the first four hits were all in the all top shoulder. The shoulder. I was yeah. like, dude, I would turn around and pop you for real if you did that shit to me.
1: Well, the second one was the, it wrapped around his arm.
0: Yeah, and, and it, was like, like, oh. it almost looked like it hit him in the face for a second because yeah. he had turned his head or whatever when he got popped, and I was like, oh, that one fucking sucked. And they just kept hitting him in the same spot.
1: But, yeah, that was funny. You know, backstage, oh, man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean for those to be so high, bro.
0: But, but I feel like Cody is one of those people that would have been mad at MJF if he would have gave him some bullshit shots, too. Yeah. Like, so you yeah. better fucking do it, man. No, I sure didn't fucking, f- we didn't hype this up for a fucking month, so you nope. can fucking be,
1: nope. a, be a bitch No nope. pulling your shit. Yeah. Just, for real. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, it's one of those things, too. It's kind of like the thumbtack spot. Like, it's going to hurt, but it ain't going to cause any permanent damage. Yeah. So just, you know. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, Speaking of spot. No more
0: damage that was already on his fucking forehead. So oh much
1: god. A... This it makes manage. me nauseous even thinking about it. This is totally unrelated, but since I brought it with untouched slot. Somebody did a fucking knife board spot recently. Um, where they do the knives with the blades up or whatever on the board.
0: Like C W shit?
1: Yeah. Somebody did one recently. I don't remember what promotion it was, but they did it and they were I guess they were just too high. And the dude rolls over off the fucking knife board and he's just got like gills cut into his back. It was the grossest shit, dude. They immediately stopped the fucking match and took him out. It was so bad. That's crazy. It was it was the worst knife spot I've ever seen. Because like, normally when they do it like um they do it in a way where either like they gimmick it a little bit where they the the knives push down when you land on them so they don't cut so far into you or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what they did on this, but he straight up fucking took like, all of them all the way in. It was so gross. That's crazy. It legit looked like he had fucking shark gills on his back. It was nasty. Anyway, I just brought that up because the thumbtack spot. But, like, same kind of deal. Like, it's... Even that, if you if you make sure it doesn't go in that far, like, even those spots, they don't cause permanent damage. So it's yeah. just like, you just get through the pain of it and then... Yeah, get... the, only,
0: the only way the attack the attack thing, like, because they're flat tacks too, the only way that would really fuck you up is if it somehow got in your eye. Other than that, yeah. it's not really going to do anything. No, yeah. um, permanently, anyway. Uh, okay, so stiff shots. Let's do some stiff shots. I've got um, a couple here, or three of them, actually. Uh, as Utah told me, uh, Tenera Connie apparently leaves NXT.
1: Yeah, she just walked out, man. Um,
0: after a disagreement with management, she has removed all mentions of NXT or WWE from her social media profiles and bios. So... Interesting. Now, I told you um, while we were talking about this um, that I don't think she has the clout to just go to AEW or anything, but I could see her in a place like Impact or yeah. NWA. Um I actually don't think she's bad. I don't know what the fuck happened, but clearly she doesn't think she's bad either because <laughs> she thought yeah. she'd probably get more of a push than she was, and she wasn't getting it. Right. But then you can have somebody like Kat and Zero come back and just magically be on the NXT two, three weeks in a row and being a rumble and all this other bullshit when she took her ball and went home because she didn't know if she wanted to do it or not. So, right. Uh, well, uh, I don't really blame her for doing it, I guess, but I wish she would have like, waited till she had more clout so she could have something to fall back on.
1: Hey, we don't know if she's got somebody talking to her. Yeah, that's true, too. So she might. I mean, she, that might be where her negotiation position came from to begin with. Like, look, if you guys aren't going to pay me more money, like, I'm going to walk because I have – this other company or that other company offer me, you know, $50,000, $100,000, more than that or whatever. So who knows?
0: Um, Vince has somehow changed the name of a current champion in the newest stable of their promotion That <laughs> just happens. <laughs> that just happens to include someone who is basically the biggest company man that they have in Seth Rollins. Buddy Murphy is now apparently just Murphy. No more first name for him either.
1: Okay. Well, a couple things about this. Everybody on commentary already just called him Murphy anyway like, they were, like, in his matches and stuff, they're like, oh, Murphy to the outside, whatever. So it's not not a huge deal. It's just another one of those, like, completely unnecessary things because if you want people to just call him Murphy, then just call him Murphy on commentary. They were already doing that. But there's no point in changing his fucking official ring name away from Buddy Murphy like we're going to forget. And maybe part of it is, like, in Vince's old-ass head. He's like, oh, well, he's a heel now. We shouldn't be calling him Buddy. Like, some dumb shit like that. Yep. But Rollins literally called him
0: buddy earlier in the show. like, But yeah. he was saying it like, a, you know, he was saying it like, buddy, like, I got hey, this, buddy. buddy. Yeah, 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 it was so funny. again, and, and it, Well, it wasn't funny at the time because I didn't really understand it. But now looking back at it after I read the story about them dropping his first name, like, oh, I guess Rollins might not think it's fucking – a good move either. He probably thinks it's stupid too. So he kind of slipped it in there on in the interview. I thought that was kind of cool. Cool. Um,
1: or maybe they're they're playing it off in k like his name is always just Murphy and the whole time they've just been calling him Buddy in a colloquial, like, friendly way.
0: But it's so, it's, but it's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird that but we've completely changed sides where now all the females that come in have two names and all the males are now getting one names. when it was yeah. backwards. It was, was not like that. Trish. Yeah, we had Lita Trish. Well, Trish Stratus was Tristratus. always Tristratus. but But you had Fable. Lita... You had Lita, Sable, Sonny, um, China, Medusa. Um, Medusa, um even later on you had the cat, you had um hey, no, that too. Um shit, um Beulah. No. Not in WWE. Oh yeah. Still um count. They still called her McGillicuddy, bro. Um uh, Hold on, there's a there are more, I'm just blinking. Yeah. Um Victoria, yeah, Victoria, um, shit.
1: Kelly, Kelly is technically the same name.
0: Ivory, Jacqueline. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Kelly, Kelly. Honestly, <laughs> that that'll count. Fuck it. Oh, you want to give her? You want to give her two names? That's cool. Kelly, Kelly.
1: <laughs> well, the, the stupid thing about that is her real name is a better wrestler name than her fucking wrestling name.
0: Ain't it Barbara something?
1: Her, they, they, she goes by Barbie. So her yeah, her yeah. fuck her real name is Barbie Blank. That which, sounds like a fucking figure.
0: Like it definitely sounds like a Vince name, anyway. Yeah. Um, fuck, who else? Um, like Molly Holly, no, right? Um that'd
1: be one name too. If yeah. it rhymes, it's one name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, well, Stacey Keeler had two names. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, you get the point. I mean, I named Jacqueline Ivory. Fucking. I mean, there's enough there to understand why these chicks only have one name. Especially when they're like normal names. It's not I mean like...
1: some of them now do too. Like Bailey doesn't have a last name or like Oscar or Carmella. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like it used to be way more women with one yeah. name. Yeah.
0: But here's the thing, like to your point with the Buddy Murphy thing, they only call Charlotte Charlotte. They only call her Charlotte Flair when she comes out to the ring. Yeah. Like we got- I, I never hear fucking Michael Cole or anybody say Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair, or Flair, 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 Flair. They always say Charlotte. But when she comes out to the ring, she's still Charlotte Flair. So why can't Buddy Murphy come out to the ring as Buddy Murphy and then you just call him fucking Murphy the entire match? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing wow. with Mustafa Ali and – I mean,
1: fucking Big well, E, Langston. So Mustafa Ali oh, – must, Mustafa gave Mustafa back Mustafa.
0: I know. He must have oh, yeah. complained about it or something. I don't – I mean, I don't get it either. They uh-huh. took it away and then gave it back to him. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, I don't – I really don't understand how they do that. You already own the names. Like, why are we, why are we having to go out and get un- more trademarks and spend more money when you already own that specific name and it's not that big of a jump? All you're doing is dropping something. Just keep it. You go from Chad Gable to Shorty G. That's fucking stupid. You go from, uh, let's say, like, like say for the Mustafa Ali thing. You go, you trademark Mustafa Ali right for all your. Uh, merchandising and shit like that. Then you drop it to Ali. So now you guess what? You gotta go back and trademark just Ali, and then you turn right around and fucking trademark Mustafa Ali again. Like you're just wasting extra money that you don't need to be wasting. Speaking of, uh, Barrios and Wilson, who were let go from their duties with WWE because they wanted to maximize WWE's current profits, which would then build the price of stock back up. Vince, however, wanted to heavily invest the money into new talents and to keep current ones to keep them away from competition like AEW and New Japan, Pro Wrestling, and in turn completely fucked up the stock by letting go of these two. And it's still plummeting from the last time I checked. Uh I don't know I don't know how the fuck Barrios and Wilson thought they were gonna m- make the stock go up even higher than what it was at the time that they were still there. But now, it's almost like anybody that comes in would automatically look better in the role because it's almost certain that the stock would bounce back because it's at like all-time lows right now. So anybody that Vince puts in there, it's going to make Vince look better in the long term or in the short term rather because when the stock bounces back up even a little bit, it's going to look like he knew what he was doing the whole time. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, but, uh, what do you, I mean, what do you think about it? I mean, the whole financial reports and everything came out for the, what was it, the fourth quarter? Yeah. Yeah. Last year.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, they're way down on, uh, network subs and stuff, too. Um, yeah,
0: by like how many? 7,700 or 70 something? It was still, uh, I remember seven. I remember seeing the same number seven. Yeah. So I want to say 70,000, but it's, I don't, I'm not sure. It could be more than that.
1: Yeah. Their live events and their network numbers are both down. They're down, um, they went down $7 million from uh, last quarter, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, showing the company had a decline from $34.4 to $27.4 from the previous quarter. Um,
0: Their original programming for the WWE Network is also garbage. Like, it used to be really good. I used to actually, like, get ready for the new shows that they had. I really liked the original shows that they were producing, and now it's more just not even really shows. It's just... A lot of backstage stuff that I don't care about other than the I mean, you got a few things like the I like the twenty four seven Chronicle stuff and I like the Austin podcast obviously. But other than that, man, they used to have a lot of shit that you would just go out of your way to watch, and now they don't have any of that. All their original shit sucks now.
1: Table for three's okay too.
0: Yeah, I do I mean that was part of the old school, that's one of the few that they haven't fucking cancelled yet. But they had the uh the thing with uh Rosenberg that I liked when he was with JBL and Paul Heyman all the time that was kinda like part of the interruption on ESPN. But yeah. for wrestling. They only had like what, three, four shows of that. It was really good. I d I don't like that they got rid of that. They got rid of Culture Shock with uh Corey Graves. I like that. They got rid of um uh the Renee Young show. They got rid of the pranked show that was like, that was like pranked or whatever for WWE. They got rid of that. Um They got rid of uh Well, I haven't seen the animated... They only had the season 2 recently. I mean, well, not recently now, but... It took them forever to get season 2 of Camp WWE out. And now I think that's pretty much been cancelled. And that was a good show. They had, um... I don't know, just a lot of shit that they had that was really good. And they just gave up on it way too soon. And now they're just producing bullshit. I don't like any of their new shows that are out. Hmm. The Edge and Christian uh, show of awesomeness or whatever the fuck it was, that was pretty good. Um, I think that only went two or three seasons. I like the McFoley reality show. That only lasted one. Um, I really wish they would bring back Legends House with a new cast, which would be cool, because I really like Legends House, but that was before WWE Network. Um, I don't know, man. They they had so much good shit, and... Now they have really nothing I would go out of my way to watch, except for, so far, recently, anyway, was the three Austin new podcasts. I mean, even with the Austin podcast... You had the old Austin podcast that they got rid of. Then he was gone for a while, and then they brought it back with his new format. So I'm really not liking the WWE Network, and I don't know how the fuck they're going to grow their audience. And I feel like a lot of their audience feels the same way. I mean, they're losing subscribers by a lot. It'll probably pick back up around WrestleMania because, you know, quarter one is always really good. Yeah, but
1: it's going to be people subscribing for free. Yeah. So, yeah, they're down, they're down 10% in subscribers, right? Um, so they're at 1.4 million subscribers right now. But they never say how many of those are free accounts. Yeah. So it, it, you have 1.4 million subscribers, but fucking who knows if 400,000 of those are people that had it on another account and just made up a new email and put in a different credit card number. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a different person. Uh, let me get another month free for this one pay-per-view that I don't want to watch. And then do that every time. You know what I think WWE
0: should do, by the way, to keep long-term viewers, and that's not just because I've literally had it since day one, since mm-hmm. launch. I've had it, so they've gotten $9.99 for me every month since it came out. Um, but like at the end of the year, or something like when you sign up and stuff, and let people like put their shirt size or something, and maybe send them something like a gift or something for being a long-term. You know, something, anything. You like know what I'm saying? Loyalty like, reward kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, almost, yeah, something like that, I guess. I mean, not that you have to do it so many months to get something in return, but just like, just a fucking there's companies out there that aren't even entertainment based that give out fucking free swag to new customers and stuff. You know what I'm
1: saying? And like, the old ones. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. So like, you can't like take a little survey at the beginning, and be like, hey, what's your shirt size? I'll put large, and then like you know around christmas time or something or around my birthday because you usually have to put your date of birth right so send a little fucking gift or something their way to like show that you fucking care that you're that you have their business or that you are continuing to have their business
1: i could do like a loyalty points program see like the, the more numbers of months in a row that you say a paying subscriber without canceling or stopping your subscription yeah. you get a certain number of points then when you get a certain number of points you can trade that in for like a fucking coupon code for this for a wwe shop or something like that like that would help them retain paying ones too but
0: yeah or or um or a month free because you keep fucking offering this month free for all these new motherfuckers i have had it for fucking five years and i i can't get a fucking month free because i signed up day one so i can never get a month free that makes no sense to me
1: like do it like the uh like the old substation you see you get Nine sandwiches and your tenth one free. You do eleven yeah. months and your twelfth one free, something like that.
0: Yeah. yeah, but uh, or or you can pick a month free, or you can pick free T-shirt, you know, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but yeah, anything like that. There's so much better ways to do it. I don't know what they think they're doing to increase the the count uh for the subscribers, but I promise you, it's not working.
1: <sighs> yeah, they, there's no motivation right now to to buy it, honestly, because a any of the any of the podcast shit that you really want to watch, it's on YouTube within a week. Yeah. Like so, or the better the best parts of it are. So you know whatever.
0: Yeah, because you because one because WWE is trying to also get monetization from YouTube, so they right. put clips of the stuff that's on the network on YouTube. So you could still just go to the WWE page on YouTube and watch the same shit for free. They only get a fraction of the money in return instead of you paying fucking nine ninety nine a
1: month. Right. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. It's hard for me to figure out um, what their sustainability model is. And this is something that I work with at work too, like cost benefit analysis and risk analysis and like sustainability of, of um, services over time. Um, and it's just watching how they advertise it and like the content that they take off of it or that they don't promote or that they like the the way that they have their service set up where you can just make infinite email addresses and get another prepaid card and sign up. Like, it's just weird, man. Um, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no way to ensure that the people that you have subscribed for free are ever going to be paying customers. So going based on, Oh, I've got 1.4 million subscribers. doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean you're making $14 million on it. Yeah. You could, they could be making literally zero. That's completely feasible because of how their model is set up. So it's just weird.
0: And the, it, and, the, and the cool thing I mean and the simplest shit right so we're sitting here two two fans lifelong fans already coming up with better ideas just like nothing that would cost them nothing
1: well no there would be some administrative costs no no, the, no no
0: no I'm talking about the shirt idea
1: that would the, still be administrative costs
0: you no know, I get that but it's it's something that or are they not spending more money doing it I mean giving away fucking free months away from everybody?
1: Yeah, probably not. So as far as like uh, the distribution end and stuff like that, um, no, it would be less than. And for, as far as like labor to cost hours, then there's no way that the cost of getting an address and auto shipping a shirt would be would be more than ten dollars. Um, but the thing is too, it's – they can mass produce these fucking. I mean, okay. And hear hear me out on this one. It
0: doesn't even have to be like the newest shirt that came out. You could literally just yeah, have a WWE sure got network tons of backlog. Yeah, you could, no, even, not even that. You could just make a new WWE Network shirt, and so when people wear it around, you're still getting fucking
1: free advertising out of it. I would do it just to get rid of old stock of shit. Yeah. Like, because people wouldn't, like, oh, 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 no, I got a fucking Bailey shirt. Like, okay, whatever. Like, it's still a shirt. Yeah,
0: but if it's a free, yeah, if it's, yeah, free, it's you're free. not going to care, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. As long as Nobody, it's the right size, no one's going to ever give a complained
1: fart. about a free t shirt.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And if it's the right size for you or. Like if you know somebody that wears the same size as you, and you know, okay, if I know somebody, hey, he wears a large, and I know he's a huge Bailey fan, and I'm not, I'm still gonna give it to him, and I'm, I'm still, I'm still gonna think that the gesture is cool. It's also for them in- to
1: send me the, the interesting thing is too, they could also do it uh, based on um, your watching patterns.
0: You know, they used to do this, by the way, when I when I used to purchase the main pay per views and mm-hmm. pay full money before WWE Network, um, there was one time where I purchased the Royal Rumble. And they sent me the fucking Viva La Raza uh, Eddie Guerrero DVD as a as a thanks for it. Oh yeah. So it's not like this is new to them even, you know? So I don't get it.
1: Incentive programs are they have to weigh the like the cost benefit analysis of implementing the program, setting up whatever uh, mechanisms there would be to auto generate um, like address lists and things like that, and then shipping and where they're going to get their inventory from, who's going to be in charge of managing all that. But like, it doesn't seem like, it definitely doesn't seem like that big of a investment versus what they would potentially get out of it, which is people not continually just making new emails and and creating new accounts. So yeah, I I feel you. All right. Like I guarantee if with Apple music, I don't know who knows this already listening, but yes, I, I work for Apple. Um, with Apple Music specifically, like if you were just able to make a new Apple ID and get a new trial for another month every time you made a new Apple ID, people would just endlessly do that. So we have stuff where there's a limit to how many Apple IDs you can actually create from one device. Um, there's always been a hard limit on that. It wasn't because of Apple Music. It's just always existed for other reasons. And then on top of that, um, like your the credit card number that you that you put in, or like whatever payment information you you have tied to that account, like you can only get one free trial per thing and then also we don't even give out free trials just because you have an Apple ID it has to be tied to something else some other promotion or service or buying a device or something like that so it's like a loyalty sort of incentive thing um, in that sense and that's I think that's what they're missing like they have the incentive with the free month but then they have no way to make sure that nobody's abusing the incentive so that's what they need to work out
0: all right, we're going to take our first break. When we get back, Big Deal or Nah and our top five matches of the week. All right, and welcome back to the MonsterCast. I am your host, Jack Doll Jr., along with Ryan Dahl, and we are going into the Big Deal or Nah segment. And, of course, the Big Deal or Nah starts this week with Killer Cross and Timothy Thatcher signing with WWE. Um, As announced on WWE Backstage on Tuesday, big deal or nah. And also, side note, apparently it came out later that Timothy Thatcher finally gave in. He had an open contract with WWE for about five years. And he kept saying no because he really wanted to go to Japan, and Japan didn't want him. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Uh... Especially for somebody like Timothy Thatcher, who was in our Indie Wrestler of the Year Awards this year. Or last Mm -hmm. year, technically. That's crazy I'm, to me that New Japan didn't want him.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it's it's weird because he was so big in other places that they generally are, are interested in, like RevPro and like um, uh, PWG and stuff like that. Um, and I I knew that he was involved with like Evolve and stuff too, so the door was kind of always open for him for WWE. That that makes sense. Because he was the longest reigning Evolve champion, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's weird to have – well, see, this is the other thing too. We don't know how often it happens because it's not like they ever are publicly like, yes, this person asked us to to come over and we told them no. Yeah. So unless somebody says something about it, then it's not going to be public. And then also, why would anybody tell anybody that? It just lowers your own market value. So it might happen more than we think. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to go to Japan and just aren't really –
0: Okay. Oh, I mean, I guess it's all about who you know, too, right? Because I mean, we're talking about CJ Parker went from NXT doing nothing, right? And you're telling me CJ Parker was wanted by New Japan, but yeah. Timothy Thatcher isn't. Mm, I don't, I don't buy that. So, oh, well,
1: okay. But C.J., CJ, Parker was also willing to go through their Young Lion stuff. Okay. And maybe, maybe Thatcher wasn't. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess. Um,
0: um and so big dealer now for both of them signing with WWE. Then
1: Cross, yes. Thatcher, we'll see. You Cause... think
0: Thatcher's gonna be a two hundred five
1: live guy? No, he's he's bigger than. He's 6 foot 3, man. He's they're not going to throw him on 205. Okay. Um he's he's over he's over 205. He's not over by it much cuz he's, you know, he's not a thick dude. Yeah. But his height, is, he's he's a good 220, 225. The reports shirt. I'm
0: hearing is that Killer Cross is going to go straight to the main roster not even go to NXT. Have you been hearing
1: that too? I have. Um I don't know that he's got the the name recognition to really do that in the same way as a, you know, a Shinsuke Nakamura or whatever, but yeah. we'll see.
0: I mean, I mean it, Obviously, they haven't debuted Scarlett yet either, so do you think they just bring him up as a package deal? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then, so I, I could see that happening on the main roster, not because of his name recognition, just because that's the old school way. Before NXT existed, people debuted and you didn't know who the fuck they were.
1: Yeah, that's
0: true. I mean, he could have vignettes or something leading up to it or something like that and come out. I don't know. Who knows? Uh going to be interesting to see what they change his name to because he's definitely not going to be called Killer Cross. in.
1: Oh, yeah, he can't um, be a killer roster. in PG-13. Yeah, not
0: on main roster, you can't. Not even uh, PG-13,
1: just PG. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Okay, and then uh, my other big deal or not is Vince McMahon sees Matt Riddle as an outsider, and that's why he has heat with Vince. The combination of that and then, of course, calling out Goldberg, Jericho, Lesnar, among others – Big deal or not? Now, before you answer this, I would like to say although Riddle has always been a wrestling fan and has been in wrestling now longer than he was ever in MMA, uh, I feel like Vince is, to me, has officially lost it. If that is really his position on why he has heat with him, that he's an outsider.
1: Um, I mean, was King Rock
0: an, an outsider as well to Vince at the time and got heat? Because I'm pretty sure he won the Intercontinental title a couple times.
1: Ken Shamrock also probably wasn't calling out wrestlers and completely yeah, ignoring the fucking true. respect hierarchy. That's true,
0: but he's seen – you're telling me that he's seen Matt Riddle as an outsider when you yourself on this show explained to everyone that he wasn't even a big deal in the UFC. So how is he viewed as an outsider when he was a lifelong wrestling fan and has been wrestling now longer than he was in UFC or I, in MMA I think, period?
1: I don't think outsider has so much to do with his background as it does his approach to – Kind of like we were talking about, like he doesn't have the same reverence for that hierarchy, that social hierarchy backstage that Vince is used to, like with the boys. Um, You can tell that Riddle just sort of doesn't give a shit about that, which is, you know, it's off putting to people that Uh, are entrenched in that.
0: It's no harm, no foul to us as fans. I mean, it's kind of cool to us, actually, but to them, I would understand why they would not like that. Like if Undertaker was still there, he would not like that shit. Right, I get that. Exactly. But to us, it's kind of cool because it's something new and different. As far as like, okay, this motherfucker's just gonna do whatever he wants, and I feel that like he's so good that you're not gonna be able to hold him down, honestly. Especially in NXT. Um, I don't,
1: I don't get that same sense. Like he's, he's, he's good. Did you see, wrong Did you
0: see the segment with him and Pete Dunne on yeah. the beginning of NXT with the golf cart or whatever?
1: I didn't really like it.
0: Really, I loved it. I thought it was mm-hmm. awesome. The making fun of Bobby Fish, that was this, great.
1: was corny to me.
0: Come on, man, that I, was so good. I, in that
1: in that moment, all I could think was, "I'm definitely, I'm definitely more of a Pete Dunne. because I would just be looking at him like he's a fucking idiot. No, that, but
0: ships. that's Pete Dunn's
1: character, though. Yeah, I know. But I love this fucking tag team, and I
0: love that segment and playing up to what they already are. Just you know, the extension of themselves. I think oh, gives on. them de- both depth. Pete Dunne, you're getting depth out of the Pete Dunne when you didn't even know it. Also, there was a – I don't know if there was an interview or an article. I mean either way it's an interview. But Pete Dunne is really loving this team up with Matt Riddle because he gets to um, do a different side of of himself with the comedy stuff because he, he had actually mentioned by name the Kurt Angle stuff. Like you got to see a lot of different sides of Kurt Angle when he started doing the comedy stuff, but he was still uh, – Regarded as a badass in the ring type deal, he wasn't a comedy character in the ring. He was just a comedy character outside of the ring. So he he loves this and he he likes it because it's going to broaden him as well. So he really loves the teammate uh, the teaming up with uh, Matt Riddle. I don't know how Matt Riddle feels about it, um, because I feel like Matt Riddle is always in character because that is him. Um, mm. but I'm sure he loves it too. I mean, I think they're doing that. I think they're the best thing on NXT right now, honestly. Like, if I'm watching NXT and their music hits or whatever, I'm all for it. Like, there's no one else in NXT at the moment where they're coming out and I'm like, okay, I have to see this. Now, there might be a match, but as a singular uh, entity that comes out,
1: I don't – it's not like, oh, I got this. Yeah,
0: no, they're super – I mean, uh, (laughs) it could just because there's no really – nothing really else entertaining as far as that goes on NXT.
1: I mean, I feel like that about Champa. When Champa comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll stop not I,
0: I mean, I I mean, there's guys that I like, but there's not guys that come out and I'm like, okay, yes, I got to see this type deal. I don't know how to describe it honestly, but mm. um, but Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne for on NXT is that thing. Like like in AEW, Cody is that thing for me. The mm-hmm. Young Bucks are that thing for me. When I hear their music, I'm like, okay, I have to watch this shit.
1: Um, Hangman for me right now.
0: Hangman is going his, really his, good right now. This
1: segment's have been so good. Did you hear good. that
0: Tony Khan has got input on that too by the way? He's getting more and more input like backstage with the storylines and stuff. I think that's pretty cool.
1: That's good.
0: Yeah. So like hit that like a lot of those ideas with Hangman is actually Tony Khan.
1: Good.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, uh, so I really love Matt Riddle at the moment and I don't really Okay, I guess I could understand the heat with the boys in the back. If he has any in NXT, I know he definitely has it on the main roster, but I don't know how much of it is on the NXT roster. But I don't understand the fans' hate towards Matt Riddle. Yeah, I mean, it's it makes no sense.
1: It's like, not you don't work there. It's not there. that I hate him. It's just that like I get where Vince is coming from because it rubs me the wrong way too, and I don't even work there. So it'd be like it'd be like if I had a new employee uh, or if I, I pulled somebody onto a project, right? and then all of a sudden they're pitching all these fucking ideas to do all the shit that's way outside of their scope, and, like, they don't understand that there's a a system to this, and not only is there a system to this, but also the things that they're pitching go against that system in ways that they don't understand would be negative, because from where they are, they just want to be involved at the top, and I'm like, this isn't how this works. You're going, like, and the more you bring this up with other people and try to pitch it as an idea without understanding the nuance of why we can't do that, you're just pissing me off.
0: But... There's also, uh, on Matt Riddle's side, you're the one that brought him in and beat fucking Cassius Ono in like five seconds and then basically did nothing with him, storyline-wise. It's Cassius Ono. Don't sleep on it. What the fuck? Don't ever say that again. It's Cassius Ono. It's not Cassius Ono's fault that they're fucking booking him like they are. But when you beat Cassius Ono, who was getting built up at the time because he had just came back and looked at fucking Nakamura's title like they were going to fucking actually do something with him and then didn't do nothing – and then you have Matt Riddle beat that guy in fucking six seconds or whatever with a flying knee or whatever, and then you do nothing with Riddle either. You have a fucking Ric Flair, uh, fucking um, Kenny Dijkstra, fucking dynamic going on in NXT. So I can't fault Matt Riddle for coming up with all these ideas, and then and then he's the, he's the one getting shot down for it. It's not his fault. I no. feel like he knows what the what the levels are in NXT, and at the time when he was being built up, as soon as he came in. He was thinking he was going to get something and then never got it, and he's getting pissed off about it. He's just not going to sit there and be like, okay, I guess I, I'm i just going to sit around until it's my time. And I'm, I'm not going to fault for a guy for uh, not going after what the fuck he thinks he get or thinks he deserves or whatever. I mean he's he's been getting the reactions, and even when he wasn't getting the reactions, when there was a few people at the takeovers that were booing him and shit, like when he was going against Velvetine Dream, by the end of that match, I assure you that everybody was fucking cheering Matt Riddle. That fucking yeah. match was insane, so – he has the ability to change people's perspective on the spot.
1: It's, he's just, I, I feel like calling out people on the level of the card that he's calling them out is just trying to get himself over and it's, it's rubbing people the wrong way. I get that.
0: I understand that. But, but is, (laughs) Velveteen Dream was not doing the same thing?
1: No, he wasn't calling out fucking Brock Lesnar.
0: The motherfucker, I understand that, but he's still calling out people. He was calling out people on Twitter and he also fucking had on his tights telling everybody to call him up multiple times that's the same concept
1: i think that's a little bit different it's not specific people
0: he said call me up vince that's a specific person
1: no i mean like he's not he's not self-booking but he's trying to yeah i don't see that the same way
0: i do i definitely do and i also think that matt riddle is better in the ring than velveteen dream is uh, I don't know about all that. I, I'm, listen, Velveteen Dream is good, but I do think he's a little bit overrated. His character is awesome, but even though he can have really good matches, he's kind of clumsy in the ring. And I don't know if it, I don't know if people are just scared to say it or what, because everybody loves Velveteen Dream. I'm not scared to say it. I've seen him in matches. The dude is clumsy. Like he's not all there. He's not well polished at all. Which is probably mm-hmm. why he hasn't getting called up or whatever. I mean, we can't really call it called up anymore. But when he had it on the tights, it was a developmental system and, you know, you were getting called up to the main roster. That's not the case anymore. At least I don't think so. Although they're calling Shannon Baszler's thing a call up. Yeah. But that was also in the works for over a year or some shit. It's only
1: it's only not a call up around Survivor Series. Yeah, we know this. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I don't get it. Anyway, uh that was all I had for that. Uh top 5 matches of the week though. I don't know if you have 5 matches or not.
1: I have five and an honorable mention.
0: Okay, then you can go ahead first with your honorable mention. Here are our top five matches
1: of the week. Honorable mention. Elias wins a match. Okay. Elias Elias beat Cesaro. Um Yeah, I don't get it that. Was, it was it was an interesting match. It was a good match. I liked it because I fucking hate seeing Elias get buried. I hate it because I hate seeing Cesaro get buried. But I mean anytime Elias wins is, is a good day for me. I like Elias. I wish I'd push him more.
0: I thought they were going to when he came back. When he took the break and came back as a face, I was like, okay, here we go. He's going to get pushed. And still nothing. He's a a comedy character. I don't know how – I don't know why they gave him the win as a comedy character.
1: I'm hoping it means that they're moving him away from that.
0: Maybe. Who knows? But, um, did – I
1: mean (laughs) – in I mean, the he's real, the very good at it. Is the problem? Yeah, in the it's,
0: Royal Rumble. In the Royal Rumble, when he got hit with the fucking uh guitar, guitar. by Lesnar, and that motherfucker didn't break, and it was like, oh, I know he that motherfucker him. hurt.
1: He hit him with the wrong side. I know that shit
0: hurt. God, I,
1: I would have been pissed.
0: Yeah, that was bad. um Hell, I don't know if it was gimmicked at all. He fucking hit the fuck. I mean, it didn't break at all. So I don't know, man. It might have have just been a real guitar, and he wasn't even supposed (laughs) to do that. He wasn't even supposed to do that shit at all. That was crazy. Anyway, um, okay. So my number five is the triple threat from Raw, Ricochet versus Rollins versus Lashley, where now Ricochet will die at the hands of Lesnar um, due to bare hands, not guitars.
1: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup. That's going to be the
0: craziest F5 you've ever seen. Ricochet's probably going to do like three rotations. (laughs) It's going to be like a helicopter instead of an F5.
1: (laughs) He's going to be doing it from the center of the ring but Rick is just going to be going over the top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, yeah, who's your number 5? I had Baker versus Yuka um, as my top 5. I just I like the flow of the match. I thought it it did a good job of making both of them look good. I like the ending. Uh, it made baker more of a heel and like the match itself was pretty good for uh we've we've made complaints about baker before and her ring work sometimes but i thought this was a a very good brit baker match
0: and surprising too since yuka just came back this is her this is her first televised match
1: for dynamite
0: yeah for (laughs) time for dynamite um
1: yeah yeah. her last ones were all pay-per-views
0: yeah um my number four was the Weights and champa versus uh undisputed era now I have it low on my list. I don't know if it's higher on your list or on your list at all, but um I have it as number four and not higher because of the ending of how they won. It was just a dQ so I didn't like yeah
1: that. i that's why I didn't make my list at all. I didn't like the ending I didn't it the whole the whole flow of the match I wasn't super into like I like seeing all those guys, but that match just didn't it didn't do it for me uh, uh, okay, go ahead. My number four is Mysterio versus Garza, actually. All right. Uh, I yeah. thought that was a really a really good match as far as in-ring work and Mysterio to still be able to do what he does at this his age is just fucking crazy to me. Did you see the interview where he was talking about um, he saved all his old ring wear and he was going to give it to his son someday and then his son ends up fucking 6-2? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like I, I feel like I need to ask my wife what happened.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, we all know. We all know he's Eddie's.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, there was already a match to decide this. Um. My number three is SCU versus Best Friends from AEW.
1: Man, our lists are totally different this week. Um, mine—I thought that was a good match too. Um, I—I I like the my favorite spot in that match, obviously, is when they're all knocked down on the outside, and Orange Cassidy goes out there and looks at him and lays down with him.
0: Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> shit was funny as fuck. Yeah, that was so funny. That was so that was, good. Yeah.
1: Um, now my number three is Butcher Blade and the Lucian Brothers versus the Elite. Okay. Um, I thought that was a really good match. Uh, I like the I like the storytelling in it. Um I the storytelling in it was honestly the best part. Like the the in ring work is good. All those guys are good. Like there's well Butcher and Blade are a little bit. Um I I feel like Butcher specifically, um I I don't know like he's good, but like No, I he, think Butcher's better than Blade.
0: What are you talking about?
1: The problem with Butcher though is like you can tell that when people are supposed to be doing stuff to him, I don't think he's very good at helping with his own weight. Gotcha. I noticed that a few times in the match. I don't know what it is. He's or maybe very, he's, he's just he's, way heavier than he looks. I don't know. No,
0: he's definitely heavy, and he's very – got to remember, he's still very new and a fucking musician. So, I mean, he's not a fucking veteran of any kind. I want to say he got into this, like, DDP style, like, way later in life or whatever. Um, I mean, he's good, though. I like yeah, his, no, yeah, his he's
1: strikes good. Look good. Um, his moveset's not bad for his size and his his relative newness to the game, but, yeah. like – I just notice a lot of times when people are trying to pick him up for slams or anything like that. It's, it's like it's not like he's intentionally sandbagging them, but he doesn't really know how to help them. Yeah, I, I mean, I
0: like Butcher a lot. I like him way better than Blade. I think Blade is actually kind of boring to me. Um, I don't like him as nearly as much. Anyway, uh, my number two is Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Breeze from NXT. Our are completely
1: different. That was a good match too. Um, I really like that match. I like. I, I mean, anytime Tyler Breeze is is wrestling, I, I'm gonna be all for it. But did, match didn't make my list. I just, uh, I thought it was good. I
0: just, the only downside of that match is I knew Tyler Brazel wasn't going to win the match. Yeah, uh, but
1: just won it, and they're not going to yeah. give that to. But it men. was
0: still a really good match. Um, like there were no real,
1: actually. You know? Yeah, I like, I like. Uh,
0: all right, so what's uh, your number two then? I guess right. or number one or whatever it is.
1: My number two, and I'm not going to hear any bullshit about this. I'm not going to fucking argue about it. I don't care that it wasn't a real match. Oh, Cody okay. oh no,
0: see, I you know. Part of me was going to put that on there, and I was like, that's not Cowardy a Cody so versus the belt. No, that's not, that's not a match. <laughs> that's, that's your number one? No,
1: that's my number two. Oh, number two. I okay. haven't written down. All right. Um, it was probably the best wrestling segment of the year so far, hands okay. down.
0: God damn it, it's only February. But, yeah, I get it. Yes, I understand. I, I'm i with you on everything except that it should be in the top five of matches of the week. But, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely the best segment of the week, and it was the best segment of this year so far. It was awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm not gonna argue with you, uh, but because I, I did contemplate putting it on the list, <laughs> I almost even put it as an honorable mention just because it wasn't a match. Right. I was like I was gonna do that, but I didn't do it. Anyway,
1: uh, my number one is the Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade versus the Elite. Yeah. See my uh, see Cody versus the Belt. Um, I had down in honorable mentions, and then the more I, I looked at it, I was like, man, it's better than some of these other matches I have. And then I was like, "Well, I can't have it the number one match." Should we change a- the segments to top five segments of the week, <laughs> maybe. instead of matches? I don't. I don't think there's ever going to be another. I mean, well, that's that's the thing too, because there are a lot of really good segments that cut into there. But yeah. you would have put the fucking Broserweights versus Undisputed Era when they came down. Like, I, I don't know, well, maybe. The, se-
0: the segment was better than the match, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, well
0: then it would be nine, number
1: four. I think this is a one-time special
0: exception. Oh, no, there's definitely going to be more exceptions (laughs) as far as that goes. Like, Um, there are really good segments or really good promos that could really, like, like if we lived in the world today where the CM Punk pipe bomb came out, that would be on my fucking list if we were doing that. It would be higher than matches.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, stuff like that. Well, I just couldn't put it number one because it wasn't a match, but my number one was actually uh, Moxley versus Ortiz. And there's, there's a lot of reasons for that. The in-ring work was really good. I never realized what a good singles wrestler Ortiz was until that match. And yeah, uh, I, I have a feeling
0: you're going to say the same thing next week when he goes against Santana, too. Just
1: against yeah, now. probably, because I. it's not like I've seen them in a lot of singles work.
0: Speaking of work, and before you get to your point, Santana's mic work was amazing, by the way. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. What the when fuck? He fucking, when he just butted in and took over because he was so mad. Yeah, like,
0: he looked like he was going to cry when he was talking about his year, how bad his year has been with his friend dying and everything. I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is really fucking good.
1: So I liked it because the in-ring work was way better than I thought it was going to be. So it was one of those, it wasn't the best match of the week as far as in-ring work, but what my expectations for it were and what it ended up being were so different that I'm just like, this is fucking great. It extended the storyline in a meaningful way. You have something to look forward to next week. There was a callback to old shit with the eye thing mm-hmm. and the key from the same car and like all this. Like it's just really well laid out. Um, it all made a ton of sense. It it advances. One of the what should be the the first or second, depending on how you look at it, yeah. um, top storyline in the in the company right now. Like it was just it was good all around. So that one made my top. Now, so. the, the,
0: I think the the problem with AEW as far as the Revolution goes is that you have, you kn- you know what a. Or one A and one B are as far as storylines, but after that, like, what's your biggest storyline? Dark Order or the Elite? I guess the Elite. The Elite. Yeah, Adam Page and shit. But then after that, it's like it's a significant drop off. So to have a pay per view coming up in what two or three weeks, I hope they start doing something because you just crushed the Nightmare Collective, or you're or you're in the process of doing it in a fast way right now. Um, and then really, you, all
1: you have left is dark order. So, well, so, so no, cause here's the thing too. And this is, we've talked about this before and, and it's one of the strong points is their interplay between other people is so good. Like you have, you, you're still going to have other stories coming out of that. So whatever happens with the pack Omega match is still going to lead to something else yeah. down the line. No, I get it. Uh, so even with all the elite stuff going on, everybody in the elite still has their own thing going on too. Because you still have the Young Bucks and the title chase for the, the belts that they feel like they should have because they're the best tag team or whatever. Um, you still have Hangman and Kenny as the tag team champions, but that's not entirely about the Bucks. Like the Bucks, like because if they lose that, the Bucks storyline still goes. Um, and then you've got uh, obviously the the Dark Order stuff and. Um, uh, Fallen Angel and... Um, I just, to I just want to throw
0: this out for you because you know how I like to do my own fantasy booking on the show all pretty much every week. But check out mm-hmm. this story, this long-term story that intertwines, that it's not even thought of right now because it doesn't intertwine at all right now, but check this out. So Revolution is coming up. Let's say the Young Bucks are the number one team going in. So the Young Bucks are going to fight Page and uh, Omega, right? Yeah. The Young Bucks win with the help from Peck. not that they enlisted the help from Pac, but Pac costs Omega the tag title so that he could have a one-on-one match with him, right? Right. So that story can go on. Paige gets mad at Omega, okay? So Paige is pissed off at Omega, and he just completely leaves the Elite and says, fuck all y'all. Paige is the fucking guy that gets with Spears and Tully to be the tag team partner for Spears to go after the Young Bucks to be the the answer to Spears's mystery tag team partner. To, because his his quest to fuck over the elite as much as possible drags him completely heel like 180 heel or whatever. That that would be fucking sweet, right? I could see Page and Spears as a good tag team.
1: Yeah, that'd be interesting. I think I think that's a better spot for bringing in somebody else though cuz Page doesn't I don't I don't want to sideline Page in the tag team division at all. Like I get what you're saying as far as his motivation and stuff, but if I'm booking that I don't. I don't want Paige to be in the tag team division any longer than this Omega storyline plays out. I want him back in singles. So. Yeah, but I mean, there's
0: already so many singles guys and only one title. So unless they're planning they on introducing this, title. yeah, they need yeah. this. Car, they need another title soon, I think, because they're building the guys up fine, but then you have nothing to fight for, and then you got the girls that you have the one title, but nobody's really being built up for it. So Riho's beating everybody. And it's right. like, okay, what the hell are you going to do? Because now you don't have enough challenges for Riho and you have way too many challenges for, for Jericho, but you don't have yeah. a secondary title. And it's, that's the way it is with most uh, wrestling promotions that have uh, females and males is that you have more than one single title because the male roster is deeper than the female roster. Well, right. You don't have that in AEW right now. So it's kind of like, well, if you're not going to put Adam Page immediately in the main event for the world title, this would be a good sub story for him until you do or until you get a mid card title to have him with Spears. Yeah. So that's what that was my thought process behind it anyway. But I think that would be a good way to go towards it or go for Page in the short term anyway. Or mm-hmm. Spears finally thinks he has the partner that he needs and Page is willing to be you don't even have to be you don't even have to give him a tag team name and have him win the titles against the Bucks. He could fail against the Bucks. Right. Um, or whatever, and then... I don't know. I, I think a lot of shit got derailed, and they don't know really what they're doing as soon as Skrull said he was going to fucking NWA. Yeah. And, and staying with Ring of Honor and all that shit, so I think that fucked up a lot of stuff. For sure. Alright. Well,
1: well, hopefully we have my Hardy coming there soon.
0: Yeah. The exalted one. The exalted one. Um, Yeah, that will solve some of their stuff for sure. Or have you least... been
1: seeing the stuff that he's been doing on Twitter? Yeah, of course. Dude, it's so good.
0: Yeah. I don't get why they're not doing it. it'll even be even better when they got when he's got money behind his stuff you know yep um so yeah i wish his wife would get the fuck off twitter (laughs) um anyway so yeah that's our top five matches of the week um next week uh should be interesting as well as the burn or it'll be the cage match right between cody and wardlow Wardlow. yeah Yeah, the cage match in atlanta where cody's literally going to blow the roof off the place with his pop because that's where he's billed from Yep. even though he was born in North Carolina. Um, but I guess he grew up in Georgia, so that's where he's built mm-hmm. from. It's going to be sweet. Um, and I don't know what's going on in NXT next week. Is it that Dijakovic and Keith Lee are supposed to be fighting soon, but I don't know if it's next week or not.
1: I don't know if it is either, but yeah. I imagine some fallout stuff from the Dream Return. And Yeah, we'll yeah. see what
0: happens. Because uh, yeah.
1: clearly he went after Roderick Strong more than
0: any of the other ones, but Roderick Strong oh, yeah. doesn't have the title anymore, so I guess Keith Lee beats... Donovan, obviously, and then Velveteen eventually beats Roderick Strong, and then you're going to have Velveteen versus Keith Lee. That doesn't make any sense to me, but it's whatever. Uh, that's, so, it'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, it'll be all right. Uh, yeah. It'd be cool because I think Velveteen Dream is actually strong enough to pick that motherfucker up for the Death Valley Driver. I just don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, it's been a while for Velveteen, so we don't know how much power he's got in those legs to hold that motherfucker up. He's a beast. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I do think that if Keith Lee hits that motherfucker with a spirit bomb, it's over. He's going to pop up.
1: Oh, yeah. Big time. He'll sell, He'll sell it. He'll do a Ziggler sell on that thing.
0: Um, okay, so cool. We'll see you all next week on the Cast. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. Next week should be a good one as well.